Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Uh, It's me. And congratulations to the NYPD, to the detectives. They got the guy who's allegedly responsible for that horrible murder in Forest Hills, Queens. Um, Let's see. Her name was Ms. Gall, 51 years old. Uh, Gosh, married mother, two children, 13 and 17. Looks like um, she had some sort of uh, romantic uh, on-and-off-again situation with a handyman. His name is uh, Daniel... Is it Banana? Banana? And um, he's 44 years old, in custody right now. I hear that there's been a full confession. They uh, were an item on and off again for about two years. No prior arrests, no criminal record whatsoever. Um, So that's that. And um, not only was uh, she seeing him, apparently she may have been seeing other guys. This is a... Oh, boy. Now, some of those guys, I guess she was just seeing via the phone. Hey, remember, the phone? Yeah, the phone counts, too, right? We got to be right. You can't, oh, jeez. Oh, what a oh, can of worms. Jikes. Well, at least, is it good news that it wasn't some guy on the loose? It, uh, you know, 95% of the time in murders, they, they know each other. And this is another example of that. So, uh, I'm, I'm all right. Hey, do we have the, uh, do we have this... Big fraud from Piers Morgan. What a total jerk. I, I, I look, I've always had my doubts about Piers and Piers. Uh, well, they just flat out lied about the interview. Now, Piers Morgan. I let me hear the promo. All right. So he sits down for one hour with uh, Donald Trump and apparently from Donald Trump's perspective, and I believe him and I believe his people. I know some of his press people. I know him. And they told me that the interview was fine, went on a little bit long. They have their own audio recording of it, and they show it was a totally cordial exchange. Were there differences? Yeah. But it wasn't like this. Cut 45. Okay, Piers, I'm ready. A former president in denial. I'll be completely straight with you. I think I'm a very honest man. Much more honest than you, actually. Really? Yeah. It was a free and fair You lost only a fool would think You think I'm a I do now, yeah. With respect. Excuse me. Okay. With respect. The levis. Excuse me. The most explosive interview of the year. I don't think you're real. This I really is I'm not like Very dishonest. Let's finish up the interview. Morgan versus Turn Trump. the camera off. Very dishonest. Only on Talk TV. All right. Well, that was a bunch of, that was a bit of a makeup job. Talk TV. Now, Donald Trump put out the actual audio. Hey, Rich, do we have that yet? The actual audio? Let's go ahead and get it because it's available. They put out seven minutes of audio, the Trump people, and they played such a game, hyping it, distorting it all over the top. Hey, that's what life is like for President Trump, huh? Uh, People lie about him with abandon. People write books with flat-out lies. I caught them. I have caught them, and I have called them out. Now, I guess... Look, I'm no Piers Morgan fan, but that wasn't Piers Morgan's voice in that promo, right? He does have a way out of this. He could say, it wasn't me, it was the uh, the crazy marketeers. Can I hear that one more time? I'm not going to hear the whole thing. I just want to hear that this is not what Piers Morgan sounds like, is it? Cut 45? Okay, Piers, I'm ready. A former president in denial. Yeah. I think I'm a very honest man. That's not him. All right. Really? Piers is going to... I'm going to see what he has to say about this. There is a way out for Piers Morgan. Hey, do you realize it was only last week that we had that shooting on the subway car? That was last week. 
Last Tuesday, wasn't it? Last Tuesday? It seems like it was a year and a half ago. Now, why is that? They're totally done talking about Frank James, I've noticed, right? Frank James, the alleged gunman who shot up that car, who was, um, according to his YouTube videos, a one racist, bigoted man with a deep hatred of uh, women and white people, especially, I guess, white women. And he went on and on and on about that, hours and hours of tape. I don't hear anything about that case anymore. We have less than 50% of the riding public riding subways right now because it's so dangerous down there. This obviously didn't help. Hey, why are we talking about black identity extremism? B-I-E. It is a real thing. The FBI acknowledged it as such. They studied it. They put out papers about it until Congress got mad, until a couple of woke members in Congress got mad, and now they can't talk about that. They can't talk about it. No, it's forbidden. It's forbidden for law enforcement at the federal level to talk about uh, black people who are extremists and who might be dangerous and that might pose a threat to themselves and others. You know, this is what you have an FBI for, to study matters like this. They can't talk about it. No, that is off limits. Absolutely not. That is politically incorrect. Political, political correctness run amok. Now, what can you talk about? Well, you can talk about any unsavory, anything remotely unflattering when it involves, well, anybody white, quite frankly, especially a white woman, and especially a white cop. Who saw the video of that kid who was arrested at, uh, he wasn't really even arrested, he was just detained by cops. A little kid, he was like 8 years old, 10 years old. Hey, it's not the first time an 8-year-old has been detained by police. It's just not. Juvenile delinquency is a thing. We talked about this yesterday. This kid allegedly stole some chips from a store. Oh, not a big deal, right? Right, not a big deal. Well, it actually is a big deal. This is one of the reasons why... What do they call this? A uh, food desert. In so many urban neighborhoods, you can't find, um, you know, full-fledged grocery stores. They're few and far between. You go to Garden City on Long Island, oh boy. You go anywhere. Gleaming, beautiful. Actually, come to think of it, you know who has the best grocery stores in the country? Florida. You ever been to a Publix? As my gross friend used to call it, pubics. Sorry. Um... That was, uh, that was funny when we were 14. But anyway, Publix, it's a great store. You can get everything in there from Brillo pads to sushi. And uh, they're, they're huge and they're clean. We don't have grocery stores like that. Except for Gristidi's, by the way. Gristidi's is the best. And locations available uh, uh, all over the place. Um, but in poor neighborhoods... And unfortunately, well, for whatever reason, these, these neighborhoods often are neighborhoods where the people are of color. No grocery stores. And it's not just me saying this. Quite frankly, even the fake news has acknowledged it. Cut 33, please. There's another silent crisis wreaking havoc on America's most vulnerable communities. Food deserts. The food deserts are killing us. If you go to the white people neighborhood, they got... Marcus here, Marcus there. Access to healthy food is a racial and health equity issue. About 19 million people in America live in a food desert. And Johns Hopkins research shows that food deserts disproportionately affect people of color. Hmm, it's true. Why is that? Well, one of the reasons is 
high crime in neighborhoods where there are people of color, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, shoplifting being a real problem, it discourages many retailers from setting up shop in neighborhoods um, where there are people of color, sometimes. Not all the time. There are plenty of exceptions, but it's a thing. You can pretend it's not a thing, but it's a thing. Michelle Obama talked around the issue, but she knew it was an issue, too. She probably thought it was racism. No, it's dollars and cents. Cut 34. Here she is as First Lady talking about the problem. This is happening all across the country. We're setting people up for failure if we don't fix this. With a modest initial investment of about $400 million a year, uh, we're going to use that money to leverage hundreds of millions of more from private and nonprofit sectors to bring grocery stores and other healthy food retailers to underserved communities all across this country. If you can do it here, we can do it around the country. So let's move. Let's move. That was a cute slogan. Um, I noticed she she talked a lot about exercise, not too much about diet. She really wanted to change the way people lived and longer lives. She would have taken on diet. I mean, in a much bolder, bigger way. And she didn't. You know, lots of folks like food that's really bad for them. And she has lots of appeal in, in communities where they'd listen. But, no, she didn't want to get her hair messed up. And Barack Obama, her husband, didn't want to break a sweat. So now, all of the problems of society, and this is one of them, not enough grocery stores and communities of color, what do we do? We blame it on white cops. And that's what happened in Syracuse the other day. Hmm? Um, a kid who, by the way, was known to law enforcement. Apparently, he was... Uh, He's quite the little pickpocket. Uh, They picked him up, and they put him in the police car. Does that look nice? Hey, it doesn't look nice when a 60-year-old man is arrested by police. My heart breaks, quite frankly. I just, you know, but I'm not saying that guy shouldn't be arrested. It's just sad sometimes. The human condition, 2%, 1%, I don't know what the percent is, is going to be rotten, going to make decisions. I have compassion for this family out in Queens. Believe it or not, yeah, I know. It's weird. I feel compassion for the guy who actually did it. Not saying he doesn't deserve to be totally punished. I might even believe that he deserves the death penalty. But I can uh, appreciate that he ruined not only her life, but his own. And that guy, his name is David. He is a mother. Uh, She named him David one day. That was probably a beautiful day. A future murderer. That's heartbreaking stuff when you think about it. All right, where the hell was I? Oh, yeah, this kid. Uh, here they are breaking, uh, uh, putting him in the police car, and everyone's going nuts. Cut 30. Wait a second. What the hell's that? No. Uh, cut 28, please. What is y'all doing? What are y'all doing? What is y'all doing? Hey, you're like a baby to me. Why you? Why you? That's what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing. I just see you snatching my the. So what? So what's going on then? You're stealing stuff. If you break into your house to steal something. Nah, man. What do you say? A bag of chips? So y'all treat me like a old cold blooded killer? Keep walking. Uh, hmm. You've that man was very irate. And that's what you do. You break out your cell phone and you give the cops a hard time. You don't know what's going on. You haven't seen anything. But you just, hey, that's what society says now. The cops are wrong, right? And it goes on like this. Cut 29. You don't even know what you're talking about. Keep walking. I do. I I know what I just came up and see. I know the I just came up and see. Okay, what did you see? I see y'all snatching him off a bike like you're a f***ing grown 
wasn't him. And he's saying it wasn't him. What is y'all doing? What's y'all doing? Uh, that now we can talk about his music. That guy we believe is uh, Hundo Hefner, and he li- really likes to rap, and he really likes to give the cops a hard time. And here he is. Uh, oh, do we want to listen to it? I'll just give you the gist of it. He throws the N-word out a lot. He flashes cash around a lot, and he uses demeaning language, I think, to women and law enforcement, you know, and talks about the woes of the hood. Cut 30. We took out all the bad words. And he's also glorifying violence. Yeah, hundo. Okay, good luck with your rapping career. Now he went viral. He went viral. But you know what? Uh, when, when people calm down and take a look at this, like you're about to hear a Cincinnati police officer. A couple of years ago, a Cincinnati police officer was in a similar circumstance. A kid was shoplifting and uh, became very belligerent. At one point, the cop used a stun gun on this 11-year-old girl. And they're back at the station house. The girl happens to be black, and so does the police officer. And look at, listen to the tenderness in his voice and the regret, you know, about the whole situation. And listen to how he's trying to help her. Cut 32. Sweetheart, the last thing I want to do is tase you like that. When I say stop, you stop. You know you caught. Just stop. That hurt my heart to do that to you. Then I got to listen to all these idiots out here in the parking lot tell me how I was wrong for tasing you. You broke the law and you fled. You know what, sweetheart? This is why there aren't any grocery stores in the black community because of all this going on. How about that, huh? That was a little bit too much truth, though, for the Cincinnati Police Department to handle, uh, for the city of Cincinnati to handle. For Kroger's supermarket where the shoplifting uh, took place? Because who was penalized in all of this? The officer was. He was punished. Who was rewarded for all of this? The, the family of that 11-year-old girl who fought a cop and ran and stole. She was awarded about a quarter of a million dollars for the trouble that they went through. So we have essentially illegalized apprehending shoplifters um, if they're of color. Who the hell passed that law? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. You know, conservatives are usually pretty good to each other. Um, conservative media has been nice to me, and that's great because the liberal media have been dishonest and terrible, and I get a kick out of it. It doesn't hurt my feelings or anything like that, but they have been dishonest and terrible, but I get a kick out of it again. I guess I, I it bothers me, though, when conservative media um, goes off on me for no good reason or they miss, they get the facts wrong. 
and some people are in the conservative world giving me a hard time because of something I did on the Newsmax show the other night. And I was talking about the uh, very unfortunate conditions and parts of black America, as Barack Obama called it, the African-American community. Okay. We have um, very high illiteracy rates. We have very high um, incarceration rates. We have, uh, unfortunately, too few fathers who stick around. And there's a basic kind of rule of thumb here. Three, we've gone through it. Even Barack Obama wasn't afraid to talk about it. Um, Graduate high school, number one. Number two, don't get arrested. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Number three, don't have children out of wedlock. Um, and get married and stay married. You do those things, you're going to probably not wind up in jail, and you will not be in poverty. Pretty straightforward. But, no, you can't say that, especially if you're a white person. Oh, boy. Well, I am not going to uh, just, well, Barack Obama doesn't say it anymore, so that's that, right? I mean, what are we going to do? So the other night on TV, I pointed out that there are some um, black conservatives I really like and some people I really like who are not afraid to wage this conversation. Uh, One of them is Sheriff Clark, Dave Clark from Wisconsin. You ever see him with the big cowboy hat? Speaks more truth in two minutes than you'll hear in a year of fake news. He's amazing. Dr. Ben Carson, former HUD secretary. He's a brain surgeon for crying out loud. Another man who's not afraid to speak some basic truths, even if it's going to hurt some feelings. I pointed it out posthumously. Uh, yes, may he rest in peace. I know that. I knew that. I said Herman Cain used to talk about this while he was alive. You know, Mr. 999, the guy from, what pizza company was he from? Godfather's Pizza? Great man. I got to talk to him a couple of times, interviewed him a couple of times, really liked him. And I pointed out, you know who I'm going to put in this category? A white man. Yeah, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, now back before he was a household name, you know what I'm talking about, right? The conservative, he graduated Harvard Law School when he was 12. Just an amazing guy. I saw him at a forum, and he said the following. You're about to hear it. Keep in mind, he's sitting next to, um, I think there are four people on the stage, uh, including him, and uh, three of uh, the moderator and two of the participants, and then there's another guy. Anyway, most of the people there are black. And uh, for most conservatives, whatever their color, or no matter what their political outlook is, their number one mission is to not offend. Oh, boy. Yeah, right? You can't be offensive. And, uh, well, Ben is not afraid to get his hair mussed up, okay? Because I think... The results of his words, I believe he believes it's worth it. It's worth it to say these kinds of things, even if it makes some folks uncomfortable. Um, All right. Now, where the hell is this clip? Do we have this clip around Ben Shapiro from 39? Let's go ahead. White family worth in terms of uh, financial worth is 69 times more than that of black families. Given this disparity... How can you argue that racism is not a driving factor in income inequality? Because it has nothing to do with race and everything to do with culture. And when you have a culture that doesn't... And when... And when it, you know what? Explain to me. You explain to me why black kids aren't graduating high school. Explain that one to me. 
Explain to me why black kids are shooting each other in rates significantly higher than whites are shooting each other. Explain to me why 13% of the population is responsible for 50% of the murder. Explain to me why the, why the number of blacks and black kids in prison, not for innocent reasons, not for walking down the street and getting pulled into a prison, is so high. Explain If it has nothing to do with culture, explain to me why the single motherhood rate in the black community jumped from 20% to 70% in the same course of time that the civil rights movement has made such tremendous strides. Is America more racist now than it was in 1960? And if it is, please explain to me how that happened. All right, huh? Now, that's a hell of a lot of truth. That's a hell of a... You can't argue with him. No, you can... So they don't. They just call him a racist. And they'll call me a racist. Or they'll call me silly for pointing out that this man should be a hero in the black and brown community. Yeah. He's even better than Jesse Jackson. He's a lot better than Jesse Jackson because he's not afraid of the truth. All right. What do you think? Hey, let me know. What's the number here again? 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, where does our mayor uh, fit in in all this stuff? Oh, boy. Uh, what's he talking about? Is he talking about crime? Is he talking about restoring confidence to the subways? Uh, he's being dogged about questions over his taxes. And I think we know the deal. The <laughs> the very silly guy registered as a New Jersey resident. That's my theory. I don't know for sure. I know he was living in New Jersey. I think that's what it says on his taxes. Why else would he get this defensive? Go ahead. You keep talking about how there's no legal requirement for you to release the documents, but Mayor Koch did, and Mayor Dinkins did, and Mayor Giuliani, and Bloomberg, and de Blasio all did. Why shouldn't you hold yourself to the same standard? Um, I spent two days talking about my taxes. This is day three, and one thing I can promise you, it's not going to be a day three. I already talked about it. I answered all the questions. That's a wrap. I am not going to spend days talking about the same things when I'm watching babies being shot in the city, I'm watching people fighting for housing. I'm watching all of these crises. So this may be news to others, but it's not news to these folks here. I have a city to run. Two days I entertained your questions, and it's not going to be a third day. Oh, I think they're on to something. By the way, Mark put this out, too. What did he say? Did he say he's, he's, he's sitting there watching babies get shot? He's sitting there watching the homeless crisis? I guess he is. He's just a bystander. That that happens during the day, and at night he goes to parties and goes on television. How about that? What a fool. Man, oh, man, oh, man. We need a new system, huh? A guy like this with 200,000 votes, 200,000 votes, gets to be the mayor of New York City. That is wrong. Now, who's this guy? Chef? Is your name Chef from Lake Ronkonkoma? Hello? Yeah. Hello? Oh, I ate. This is Greg? Yeah, turn off your radio. And uh, who is this? Yeah, well, okay, brother. Okay. I, I was just talking to my mom, so I got it. Like, Who's uh, this? Oh, uh, yeah. First first question. Well, I, I, the first question is, what's your name? Oh, Don. Don? Yeah, Don Orschef. Who? Don Orschef. That'd be a call screen. You know, Chef. I, I, I call a few times. Uh, all right. He nicknamed you Chef. Yeah, well, it's not a nickname. It's my title. Your title. I work in a kitchen, and they call it a hey, chef. Okay, okay. All right, so go ahead. Fire away. What's up there, chef? Right, uh, well, it's the like the chef time. boy R.D. Remember him? Yes, but it's B.R.D. I remember. You know, I met I met uh, 
Chef Boyardee's, uh, or Boyardi, as you say, who's a Romanian, uh, I met his granddaughter once. And guess what? She signed a she signed a can of ravioli for me. I'm not kidding. I still have it. It's very cool. It's a, it's a very philanthropic and rich family. Anyway, what's your situation? Okay, the first thing, I have one correction before I ask the question, was when you said um, Publix, when you're in Florida, the best grocery store in the world is Winn-Dixie. Well, I, I wouldn't call that a correction. I mean, uh, you, it's a preference. I never seen a Win Dixie in Florida. I've seen them in North Carolina. I've seen them in. Uh, uh, I haven't seen them in Florida. Publix is the dominant uh, uh, store down there. But anyway, what else? Their mantra was, "We are the beef people." What? Their mantra was, "We are the beef people." Win Dixie and another in small letters would say, "We are the beef people." We are the what people? Beef. Beef. People. What a slogan, huh? Yeah. Boy. Unbelievable, yeah. No, I, I don't, th- I don't like think so. Good too, you know? What? Okay. All right. All right, Chef. Thanks for calling. Um, sounds like he's got a great big scheme he's talking about, a great big caper. But, uh, Chef, you're the best. Oh, Abby is on the phone from uh, North Carolina. This is our favorite teacher in North Carolina, right? Of course. How are you doing, Greg? Fine. What's going on? Why aren't you in school? Well, my fiance Justin and I got engaged, so we're we're celebrating. But there's a little uh, time off. So. Uh, it's about time. I was uh, concerned about that situation. Very good. How long were you dating? Uh, since the beginning or middle of 2020, summer 2020. Did he get on one knee? Yeah, of course. Did he, he ask your father last. first? Oh, my! Both my parents have passed away. I knew I was going to put my foot in it. On. Sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. That's so, okay. Uh, and he uh, he bought a ring and everything. Yep, ring and everything. Uh, fantastic. Uh, when, when, so when's the much. wedding? Do you know yet? No, not, not sure yet. We're not going to do anything too big, but um, probably in the next year. So. All right. Excellent, excellent, yeah, excellent. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I like this Thank guy. So, so what's up? What else? Yeah, he's great. He's a first responder, too. But I just wanted to tell you, I've been, I've been reading um, and seeing on TV, they're doing, you know, for 2024, they're talking about who's going to be the candidate now, and they're putting Roy Cooper, the governor of North Carolina, in the mix. And I want to bring him to your attention, Greg, because you're on top of everything and just point out how awful he is. I mean, illegal immigration, crime on the rise, spending all our money. I mean, taxes through the roof, masks, just awful. So I want you to keep your eye on him because he's bad news. But he just got in there, I thought, right? Yeah, but he, he was he's number five or six. And I could totally, if it doesn't pan out, you know, for president, I could see him being vice president on a ticket. Mm, so he's bad you know, who I like is your lieutenant governor. What's his name? Mark Robinson. Yeah. We love Lieutenant Rob- Governor he, Robinson. He was, on, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. I like him a lot. Happens to be just a working class guy. He went viral at a town hall meeting, pushing the Second Amendment, and we love him. All right, Abby. And uh, final thing, um, are they pushing the woke stuff in your school and the transgender stuff? Uh, how are you coping with that? Big time. Big time. CRT is on the menu. Um, bathrooms for all. It's bad. Wake County, which is where I'm at. And, you know, the capital of Raleigh is in Wake County. or Wake, But it's awful. They're pushing it hardcore and it, it's not good for our future. Not good. No, no. All right. So final word. Uh, what did your husband do? I mean, uh, Beyonce. A firefighter and an EMT. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Firefighter. You uh, you that's like the jackpot when it comes to um, men. Right. I mean, I know. W- women, women really go for firefighters. Yeah, he's fabulous. And he's a huge fan of your show as well. So. All right. What's his name? Yes. Justin. All right. Thank you so much, Abby and Justin. May you live a beautiful 
and happy life. That is good news. Thank you for your support. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Greg. We love you. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. Abby is a beautiful name, too, right? It's just uh, uh, Abigail. Sometimes it's short for. Hey, uh, let me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let me hear Biden bragging about diversity and all uh, how beautiful his cabinet is. Cut 43 for a moment. I uh, also want to recognize the groundbreaking nature of this gathering. Um, for the first time in the proud history of the armed forces, we not only have highly, 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 highly qualified women as vice president, but as deputy secretary of defense and two women combatant commanders. And it's an important milestone, I think, that speaks to... Uh, how we're harnessing the strength and diversity of our country. All right, that's enough. Sorry. I thought this was something else. I, how could I have thought that that was interesting, huh? Wow. Struggling. And as I pointed out last night, not leading. He is not leading. He said he would lead. He said America would lead again. And it's not. If you look at what's happening in Ukraine, NATO is running the show. And all this stuff that he talked about leadership, he only said it because it sounded good. Cut 25. And our administration is ready to take up the mantle and lead once again. America's led the world, not by the example of our power, but the power of our example. That's who we are. That's what leads the world, the power of our example. No, it doesn't. Force leads, okay? Economic might leads, all right? Get out of our way leads. I remember when Donald Trump was at that NATO summit. Remember he pushed those guys, some some jerk from Lithuania was trying to block him. He said, get the hell out of the way. Here comes the United States. That stuff works. Physical presence, animal power works. It does. And Joe can't go to Ukraine. There's a lot of pressure. Why? Well, because they all have his number over there. It's like returning to the scene of the crime. Joe Biden went to Ukraine uh, by his own estimate 14 times when he was vice president, 14. What the hell was he doing over there? 14 times a pretty minuscule country as vice president, where his son happened to be getting eighty three thousand dollars a month. Ten percent for the big guy. Now, listen to this. Joe is one of those guys. As he gets older, he can't help it. He's given him. He's giving himself up just like the guy in Queens. He's giving himself up. Cut twenty seven. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. Uh, All right, there's that. And then where's the one where he says, oh, yes, here we go. Cut 26, please. Now he, this is when he's vice president boasting about how tight he is and how important Ukraine is to him. Cut 26. This is my third trip in the last seven months. You must be getting tired of seeing me as often as you do. And counting your trip to Washington, this is the first, fourth time we've met in person. I want to make clear America's commitment to Ukraine is not just about business and governments. It's personal. You're damn right it's personal. All kinds of money personal. Personal finances. And by the way, when Joe Biden did brag, as he did a moment ago to the CFR in 2018, that he strong armed Ukraine's president into firing a prosecutor. How many how many prosecutors did Joe Biden ever in his life insist on getting fired other than that one Ukraine prosecutor? 
I will bet anything that it was just the one. That's it. One. Where his son was getting paid $83,000 a month, 10% for the big guy. You see why he can't go back? Really is sad. We are paying a big price for his corruption. We really are. Hey, how are we with uh, OutMass anymore? I think it's great. And uh, so do the people. Cut 41, please. April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. All right. But as soon as uh, the people like something, the Biden administration uh, started to try to take it back. And I think talks are ongoing with the CNB, uh, CDC to see what they can do about it. Oh, I'm looking at the guy arrested in the uh, in the slaying of that woman in Queens. And I was just watching New York One. They, they had a little thing on the screen that said the two are said to have enjoyed a romantic relationship for two years. A romantic relationship. Oh, and they used the word affair. A romantic relationship and affair for two years. An affair? Romantic? The guy was in the basement with her, all right? How, how, I mean, sneaking around at midnight in the basement. This is not romantic. An affair. I think we should get rid of that word. Affair. Doesn't it sound so, sounds, ooh, an affair. It sounds so sophisticated. So interesting. An affair. You were screwing each other in the basement, all right? And something ugly, horrible, unthinkable happened. The worst. And uh, it's another reason why we should never, you know, we should never open the door on that crap. Let me see here from the Post. David Benola, suspected handyman lover, charged in Orsolia Gall's murder. The handyman lover of Swain Clean's mom, Orsolia Gall. You know what I really hate? These headlines are everywhere. And Mr. Mr. Osolia Gall is still alive, and so are her kids. And they got it now. They're hearing about all the stuff that she was up to. The handyman lover of this slain queen's mom, with whom she had an on-off affair for two years, was charged Thursday after confessing to her horrendous slaying. Police said David Benola, forty-four, was arrested late Wednesday after officers canvassing the area for surveillance footage spotted him and took him back to the 112th Precinct, where he made incriminating statements. Hmm. He was. They spotted him in the street? He was charged with murder, criminal tra- tampering, and criminal possession of a weapon for allegedly stabbing Gall 51 nearly 60 times in the basement of the Forest Hills home with a kitchen knife early Saturday. The ponytailed suspect. Who the hell wears a ponytail anyway? If you're a guy, I know that's kind of thing. That's a thing. And what do you call those things? Little buns? Stupid. Uh, The ponytail suspect was less forthcoming when quizzed by reporters spitting out expletives as he was walked to a waiting car. Hmm. Benola, who cops said has no prior arrest, was a handyman who was employed by Mrs. Gall and had been having an intimate affair, there they go again with that word, for approximately two years. They had re-sparked their on-off affair earlier this month just to break up again, and Benola came back to speak about the relationship again. 
at midnight in the basement. He, <clears throat> excuse me. He is believed to have arrived at Gall's home in the early hours of Saturday, just 10 minutes after the mom of two got home from an evening out at Lincoln Center and then a drink alone at a local bar. Uh, the on-off lover was either let in, in wait, either let involuntarily, they left an, this is not me, this is a missing word. Uh, they either let him involuntarily or he used a key he has knowledge about hidden in a barbecue. A heated argument ensues, the two in the basement, as a knife is brandished, a violent struggle ensues, resulting in our victim being stabbed ruthlessly and brutally in excess of 55 times, causing her demise. This is from the chief of detectives. Oh, and I'm looking at nice pictures of her as a little girl. How sad. Benola then retrieved a hockey bag belonging to Mrs. Gall's son, placed her in the bag, as video showed, was seen rolling the body down the sidewalk, leaving a trail of blood through the streets of Forest Hills. This guy, by the way, lives in Jamaica. I wonder what his uh, situation is. Detectives found the likely murder weapon at the scene, as well as his jacket, which he appeared to have tossed while fleeing the scene. Uh, Now there are cops around his house. He's got big hair, big shaggy hair. Detectives also found where he appeared to have stashed his blood-soaked boots, T-shirt, and bandages. But Nola also suffered serious cuts to both his own hands during the attack and was treated at a local hospital, the cops said. He also admitted sending disturbing text messages to his victim's family from his murdered lover's phone. But Nola from Richmond Hill has no prior arrests, stressing the handyman acted alone. Oh, boy. And he's also all over her Facebook page, you know, saying nice things and beautiful things over the years. I just want to assure the public and especially the residents of Forest Hills, there are no outstanding suspects at this time. That's terrific. And also, the whole damn thing is sad. All right, give me a second. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. It's kind of anticlimactic, that uh, situation out there in Queens, right? That's it. We won't be hearing from him no more. You notice, actually, even these notorious cases, you don't, you don't find out what happens next. Who remembers the situation? It was a couple of years ago in the Bronx where a guy had his own father killed in the drive through of a McDonald's. Do you remember that? And there was a mafia connection. He had his own father killed at a drive through And I think 20 years ago, 30 years ago, this would have been the story of the year, you know, story of the decade. It, nothing lasts more than two minutes. Nothing lasts more than two minutes. Andy Warhol was exaggerating. 15 minutes of fame, everything evaporates two seconds later. The, the horrible terror attack we had last week in New York City. Done. Like it never even happened. This is uh, strange. I blame the cell phone. I blame us. I blame, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, something strange. Why do we move on so quickly now? Hey, one more time. 
If you don't like Ben Shapiro, and I think you're wrong if you don't, cut 39, please. White family worth, in terms of uh, financial worth, is 69 times more than that of black families. Given this disparity, how can you argue that racism is not a driving factor in income inequality? Because it has nothing to do with race and everything to do with culture. And when you have a culture that doesn't... And when... And when... You know what? Explain to me. You explain to me why black kids aren't graduating high school. Explain that one to me. Explain to me why black kids are shooting each other in rates significantly higher than whites are shooting each other. Explain to me why 13% of the population is responsible for 50% of the murder. Explain to me why the, why the number of blacks and black kids in prison, not for innocent reasons, not for walking down the street and getting pulled into a prison, is so high. Explain If it has nothing to do with culture, explain to me why the single motherhood rate in the black community jumped from 20% to 70% in the same course of time that the civil rights movement has made such tremendous strides. Is America more racist now than it was in 1960? And if it is, please explain to me how that happened. Hey, hey, hey! That's great stuff. And you think if he's crazy, oh my God, he's a right-wing lunatic? Listen to what Barack Obama said on Father's Day in 2008. Cut 38. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school. 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Wow. Wow. But no, no, no. Jesse Jackson threatened to cut off his testicles after he said that, and he stopped saying it. Art is in Staten Island. Yes, sir. How you doing, Greg? Love your show. Thanks. Uh, reason I'm calling, I got 26 years in the job. I don't account for that much, but uh, my problem is the race hustlers. When they, they tell you that, we in the non-minority community are not sufficiently concerned with the plight of the recidivist knuckleheads that, that plague our city. And the problem is, for me, is I've got four kids. I've got seven grandkids. I have a list of priorities, things that are important in my life. Knuckleheads' problems are way down on that list. Who's knucklehead? I'm sorry, what? Uh, the... the the minority knuckleheads that get themselves involved in all kinds of mayhem out in the street. Minority knuckleheads. I mean, that, well, look, that's a little bit. Uh, I I I don't, I don't know how to. Minority knuckleheads. I mean, look, there are knuckleheads of uh, many looks, shades, races. Right? There are knuckleheads everywhere you look. Some people have accused me of being a knucklehead. So what are you saying? You live your life, and uh, I don't think uh, most people are concerned primarily with their own lives. Right? Right. No. No. No newsflash there. Right? That's what you're telling me? You're concerned with your, yourself more than anything else. And that's actually okay. That's not selfish. That's human nature. Exactly. I mean, I have as much sympathy for a kid that's having problems if he has any intention of doing something to help himself. But if somebody's going to be in and out of jail 29 times and be let out of jail, you know, and I'm, I'm accused of not being sensitive to the fact that we're not rehabilitating him. Who's accusing you of that? For real. Who's accusing you of that? Who comes around and says that to you? Well, if I listen on the radio, I'm listening to all the, all the race hustlers on, 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 uh, on radio, on television, all the reports. All the reports. All right, Art, keep going. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. 
33 years ago, right now, this moment, the Central Park jogger was clinging to life. She was almost dead. We learned many years later when she stepped forward and identified herself and wrote a book, her name, Trisha Mealy. She was 28 years old on April 19th of 1989 when she was savagely gang-raped and assaulted. There may have been dozens involved, dozens. That was a hellacious event right there in Central Park. I remember it well. I was working in Bloomingdale's in college, and there was kind of a a sense of panic in the city about what had happened. And man, oh, man, oh, man. Well, they got the guys responsible, as you know, or maybe you don't know. Oh, that was a meticulously prosecuted case. Absolutely meticulously prosecuted. Elizabeth Letterer was, I believe, the lead prosecutor, supervised in the initial stages by legendary sex crimes unit founder, essentially, Linda Fairstein, who spent her entire professional career as a prosecutor protecting women and doing the right thing. And they did the right thing in 1989 and 1990. They found the right guys. They were rightfully convicted. Oh, wait a second. I, I, they were exonerated by DNA evidence. No, they weren't. A gullible public lied to by Netflix, Ken Burns, Ava DuVernay. They think that, they believe that, but it ain't true. They don't know a damn thing about this case. Not a damn thing about it. And they certainly haven't watched the confessions. Well, there is such a thing as a false confession. And the idea that they had committed the crime was planted in their mind. They were, no, 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 sir. You look at those confessions. And they're available online. Look at Corey Wise when he says, hey, man, this is my first rape. I'll never do it again. I swear, this was my first rape. I'm not into it. I'm not going to do it again. But if I got to do the time, I guess I got to do the time. He said that, and it's on tape. Sit down there and watch it, and you tell me where the false confession kicks in. Anton McRae. Raymond Santana. Kevin Richardson. They're all on tape. Yusuf Salam is not on tape, but oh boy, did he incriminate himself. Bringing in that iron rod and hitting bicyclists with it. So, these guys are guilty. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, yes, they are. Bill de Blasio gave him millions of dollars. It was a political move. So, uh, let's go through this. What about that DNA evidence? That was ultimately linked to Mateus Reyes, who they say, well, he was a... No, I'll get to him in a second. Do you know this DNA was discovered then, in 1989? And they knew that semen collected. And by the way, DNA technology and collecting specimens like that isn't what it is today, 1989. This is even before OJ. This is, it was in its infancy. They recovered DNA from one individual, and before the trial, they knew, and they litigated during a uh, pretrial hearing, an extensive one, 
about that DNA evidence and that it was not linked to any of the um, accused that they had in custody. It was like John Doe. Somebody's out there. We don't know who it is, but there's another person. There are unindicted people here involved. But we don't have them in custody. But we have these guys, and we have their statements, and we have other physical evidence. So we're going to build a case on that. Hey, we convicted people of, uh, of crimes before DNA was uh, discovered, right? I mean, we did for a long time. Anyway, Mateus Reyes, uh, whose DNA was found there, comes forward in like, I don't know, 2003 or so and says, I did it and I did it by myself. And then for some reason, and, you know, may he rest in peace, but Bob Morgenthal, he was losing it a little bit. All right. He was like 100 years old, should have been, he should have left office much earlier. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know what he was signing up for. They could have fought this harder, but the case was vacated. I believe the term is vacated. Those convictions were vacated because they had to acknowledge that potentially if Mateus Reyes's testimony was available in 1990, it could have altered the verdict. That's different from an exoneration. That's like a very big hypothetical. But, of course, the mainstream media said, no, 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 no. This is newly discovered DNA evidence, and we had no idea there was somebody else. And, oh, my God, and we're going to believe Mateus Reyes because Mateus Reyes is a serial rapist, and he always acted alone, right? He always, That was his M.O., always alone. He never would have been with a gang. Always acted alone. Uh, except the time he raped his mother and along with his friend. Yeah, he and his buddy sexually assaulted his own mother. He didn't do that alone. No, he had his friend do it, too. We're going to believe everything that Mateus Reyes says. Hmm? So, uh, look, there's a lot to this case that uh, folks in the mainstream media, they have neither the time nor inclination or, quite frankly, the ability to consider. All right? Times change. Hey, you know who's a real creep? Tim Minton. Anybody remember him? WABC reporter? Such a jerk. Total jerk. And he was one of the most aggressive reporters on this uh, uh, case initially, and then the winds change. Everything becomes woke, and he's like uh, on some documentary saying it was wrong, and we were bad, and we were wrong, and uh, man, I've seen that guy in action. Now, do we have any of this, by the way? Do we have any? Um, so, just remember this: Linda Fairstein, the great prosecutor, she did an excellent job. Twenty years goes by, twenty-five years, whatever. That silly Netflix show comes out when they see us, and all hell breaks loose. They try to can they basically cancel into Fairstein. Every award she ever got, they took away. Uh, all of her books were pulled from bookstore shelves, even libraries. But guess what? She was right. She's an ethical person, and she was right. Yes, they canceled her, but she was right, and she's making a comeback. She's suing Netflix. And she's winning. This thing is making its way through the courts. There's pretrial this. There's all these uh, motions or whatever. She's been victorious uh, so far. This thing is, this thing could work out very, very well for her. And it couldn't happen to some nicer people, huh? Netflix, not only are they liars, they're woke liars. What's their hot show right now? He's expecting. And some, some some dude is pregnant. And they think this is entertainment. 
Now, finally, people are waking up. Number one, Netflix, is there too many things to choose from? You know, you can spend your whole life looking for something to watch. I personally would rather live my life. I'm going to go out there and take it by the horns and live it. I want to be bored sometimes. I want to be excited. I want to be stimulated. I want, it, I, want it, I want life to be everything. Exciting and dull and all these things come together. I don't want to sit there and watch show after show after show. You know what happens, especially to women who are watching all these dumb shows? They stay inside. They get cats. They don't meet dudes. And when the show's over, maybe they order up some pornography. You know how rare it was for a woman to watch pornography, say, before 2010? It was like one in a thousand. One in 10,000. Now it's unusual for them not to. And guys, we know about guys and porno. This is messing with the hard wiring of our brain, and it's screwing up relationships. We have no idea. And yeah, Netflix is part of this. I know you can't get pornography on Netflix, but you can get an emotional fix on Netflix. And you can, uh, I ran into somebody who, oh my gosh, I'm living my best life. I just watched this show, and then I watched that show, and tonight I'm going to watch this show. Have you seen any of these shows? I'm like, no. Oh my, how could, you're missing the golden age of television. Well, you're missing the golden age. You're missing life. You're missing life, baby. What's the hot show anymore? I don't care. I don't like it. And the other thing is, I don't think sports, whatever happened to Dino? That poor kid is watching the sports 24-7. And what are they always arguing about? Why are they always arguing about DeGrom? Is DeGrom the one with the long hair? No, that's Noah Syndergaard. Him. All right, who cares about these guys? They make all that money, all that cash. They don't even live in New York. As Jerry Seinfeld said, you're rooting for the clothes. Don't be a chump. And speaking of which, something else. Because I felt like a chump twice this week. I'm walking down the sidewalk, and a young, I would say, 24-ish girl is coming the other way, and she goes, hi! And I'm like, hello. She must recognize me from the television. Can we talk about Greenpeace for a moment? Oh, shut up. Oh, get lost. They just wanted me to sign some stupid petition, and I don't like that. Now, I happen to have a full life. I happen to not be lonely, happily married, all that stuff. But! You shouldn't be doing that to guys, all right? Don't pretend you know a guy when you don't know the guy and you have an ulterior motive. Fair enough? All right. Bonnie is in the Upper East Side. Yes, Bonnie. Hi, Greg. I just want to tell you I really, really love your show, and I love your bravery and your honesty because you talk about things that nobody else wants to talk about, Mm. and you shine the light on it. I just wanted to tell you, uh, talking about the supermarkets in African-American neighborhoods, Pathmark, about 20 years ago, opened up a gigantic supermarket on 125th Street. It was a block long. I think it ran from Lexington to 3rd. It was incredible, and it had a full, full drugstore in there with all the medical needs, anything you could ever want, and the prices were very reasonable. It was a short commute from the Upper East Side. I used to go up there very, very often. And I will tell you, I saw many honest African-Americans shopping and going to the cashiers to pay. 
But the amount of stealing that I saw go on every time I went to that store, it was blatant, it was open, it was above board. They were afraid of nothing, stuffing things into their clothing, their coats down in bags. It was horrific. And I would just stand there and say, why isn't somebody stopping this? They were never stopped on the way out. Nobody did anything about it. I don't think the store even lasted four or five years, and it was gone, lock, stock, and barrel. And this is why they cannot and will not open supermarkets in those neighborhoods. And it's terrible because the poor, honest people who were enjoying shopping there no longer have that, that, that right to do that because there's no other store that matched that store on 125th Street. That's all I wanted to say. They bring it on themselves. Uh, wait, when did that store close? Uh, when did you say it closed? Well, it opened, I believe it was about 20 years ago, if my memory serves me correctly. And then I, I didn't go up there often, maybe a couple of times a year. And I don't think I made more than eight or ten trips up there, and then it was gone, gone. I went one day, and the whole thing was locked up, and I thought, hey, what happened here? And I asked somebody. Here we go. Here we go. It was in 2015. Uh, There is controversy in East Harlem as the community's first supermarket, Pathmark, will close this weekend. The block-long site has been sold. The market served 30,000 customers a week. Back in 1997, Eyewitness News, I'm reading from Eyewitness News' website, was there as crowds of smiling faces, including Mayor Rudy Giuliani, celebrated the groundbreaking of Pathmark. But now that picture of excitement has been replaced by the sign, Store Closing. What was once a bright spot in this community, chronically underserved by supermarkets, now closing its doors. And, uh, yeah, people telling the same story. What a shame. What a shame. And let's see here. Uh, uh, A&P company filed for bankruptcy. There's, there's still no official word. They talk about the real reasons here. No, they talk around it. They talk around it. They talk around it like so many people do. Hey, Bonnie, I so appreciate it, okay? okay. Thank you, Greg. To be Thanks continued. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, uh, uh-oh, I'm overdue. I will be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, hey there, it's me. Uh, what's going on? What is going on? Uh, wrapping up on this uh, Central Park 5 thing. Uh, those guys, oh boy, guilty, and they uh, they deserve to be punished. They were punished. They certainly did not deserve millions and millions of dollars. You can just look up the confessions. No reasonable person would say that those are false confessions. The so-called DNA evidence that uh, exonerated them, quote-unquote, uh, did not exonerate them, and that DNA was known to the judge. It was uh, discussed in pretrial hearings before uh, the actual trial started. And we it was established that it had nothing to do with the five defendants. OK, it's uh, we've been fed so much crap. Let me hear a little bit from that era. Go ahead. Last night, a woman jogger was found unconscious and partially clothed in Central Park. She was beaten and sexually assaulted. A woman jogging in Central Park. Central Park was holy. It was the crime of the century. The crime of the century. Hey, that was Ed Koch, right? I remember Ed Koch was on Nightline with Ted Koppel. It was a big, 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 big deal. Give me another one. Is this now, is this from the, uh, what are we listening to? Tell me. Is this from the, when we see us? Okay, this is the phony baloney make-believe series on Netflix. Go ahead. 
five youths were arrested at 96th Street, all between 14 and 15 years No, hold on a second. Age. That doesn't sound phony baloney. That sounds like real footage from the time. You can go ahead and play it again. I just want to make sure that I'm not talking about the, the phony documentary. This is the real documentary. Go ahead. Five youths were arrested at 96th Street, all between 14 and 15 years of age. They got him! You can only imagine the pressure to have this crime solved. Oh, this is Ken Burns, and this is phony in another way. First, we was all together, and we started to put us in different rooms separately. What did you do? Who were you with? Who did you come with? The tone was very scary. I felt like they might take us to the back of the precinct and kill us. Uh, I believe that was Yusuf Salam trying to uh, spin his way out of all the stuff he told the cops back then. Oh, I thought they were going to kill us. Oh, the confession. Uh, I didn't mean it. Uh, they were going to beat me up. Oh, yeah? Well, again, <laughs> uh, tonight on Newsmax, I will show you the confessions. I'll show you the, why we're talking about this now. Well, number one, I can't stand injustice, and injustice was served all of us, that those guys are now millionaires who did horrible things to that woman, almost killed her. That's a problem. But right now, uh, this week, it was 33 years ago this week, Hey, does anybody remember the phrase uh, wilding? Wilding. They were wilding in the park, right? It was a new, it was on all the headlines. Wilding. It was a new phenomenon. Wilding. Still interesting to me to this day. They all missed it. They all missed what that word was about, where it came from, what was really happening. And it wasn't a word, it was two words. Two words. Now, they wrote wilding, but you know what the real word, two word? <laughs> the two words were this, wild thing. Dun, 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 wild thing. Dun, 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 dun. You know, I was a feeling frisky as I went to the, you know, that thing. Tone Loke, I think his name is, right? Wild thing. Uh, 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 uh. Say what? Uh. Uh, 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 uh. I know I'm just terrible at it. Whatever. Horrible song about depraved um, sex. And they weren't saying wilding. They were saying wild thing. We're going to do the wild thing. Everybody missed that. That Tone Loke song had come out just a few months earlier. It was a big song. Wild thing. So um, consider that. Ken Burns is wrong. Ava DuVernay was wrong. And now the New York Times and everybody else. It's amazing how our culture has shifted. Linda Fairstein was praised as a hero. Elizabeth Lederer was praised as a hero. The prosecutors, they were heroes. And then 25 years goes by. Our society, our culture becomes warped and demented, and twisted, and evil. And those who protect us, they became the villains. And those savages who damn near killed Trisha Mealy, they're the heroes. They go to the red carpet. They get their freaking picture taken. They get millions of dollars in city funds, and the check is signed by Bill de Blasio. Does that make you sick? It should. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, if you say any of this stuff, 
you get canceled all over again. Now, they can't cancel me, all right? I've already, no. But I can put it out there like I did today on Twitter. I, I said this on Twitter today, and in about an eighth of a second, I got 10 comments. That's like, that doesn't happen. And then what happened? They stopped it. They stopped it. They stopped it. You only can tell their version of the truth, not the truth. And there is a big, big difference. There's the music. Give me a second. Your calls when I come back. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, quick reminder that uh, just because the New York Times and ABC News and the rest of the fake news and Joe Biden really love talking about transgender crap, uh, it doesn't affect people. It really doesn't. I mean, by people, I mean most people. I mean, ninety nine point nine hundred ninety nine percent of the people are not affected by gender dysphoria. Uh, now, there are some who want to be affected by it because it's trendy and cool and neat right now. But uh, no, most people, this is not. And even here, New York, New York is a pretty cutting edge city, right? I mean, New York is woke. New York is cool. Uh, however, when I go out at night and I love the nightlife occasionally, every now and then, you know, and uh where was I not too long ago? Uh, 57th Street and all kinds of beautiful restaurants and uh, what's that called? It, it, uh, Italy, uh, quality Italian, quality Italian, Italian quality. The sushi place. What's that other sushi place? All those cool places. And you know what? You know what they were packed with? Uh, mm, give me a moment here. I think I can say this. Beautiful women. Very beautiful women. And quite frankly, uh, some of them were... Well, alluringly clothed, all right? And these were women. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. These were, well, there were plenty. Well, anyway, these were women. And uh, the men, I could tell, were men. Uh, we were, they were all like, <laughs> just, I mean, no one's really doing this stuff in real life. They're not. Now, I do rec- recall a couple of weeks ago, I was walking around on a Saturday afternoon, and I did see a couple of uh, individuals who struck me as... Uh, uh, Want to be? I guess they were transgendering from. Uh, look, these were men who wanted to be women. I have seen more of those lately, but I've only seen them a day during the day. But at night, in the meatpacking district, pardon me, in Midtown, um, the women know how to be women, and the men know how to be men, and uh, they're all kind of. I mean, look, that's got to happen, right? The they're supposed to come together. I noticed on Saturday night, actually, you know what I also see? A lot of women together. A lot of women going out together. Part of it makes me sad because, quite frankly, there should be more dating going on. And these silly, toxic apps, uh, dating apps, swipe left, swipe right. You know, I was uh, I got the tail end of that. Or, well, let me see. How do I put that? I, I, was, I did that a little bit. And uh, yeah, I met some nice people that way, but there's uh, it's it's just not ideal. 
it's just not a good thing to do. Remember, there was a at one point there was a stigma in meeting somebody online. Now there's a stigma in like going up to somebody in a museum. Hi, how are you? Uh, what do you think of this painting? Get away from me! <laughs> right? You're not supposed to do those things. They're gonna they're gonna blow a whistle or something on you. I I will not meet a person. In person, I must meet them through my phone. There must be an algorithm that weeds out the good and the bad and brings the... It's like ordering uh, Chinese food. You know, just get on that app and order a guy, order a girl. And and then the next night, you can do the same thing. Same thing, same thing, same thing. It's It's kind of sad, isn't it? All right, one other thing. We did get the guy wanted for the murder of the woman in Queens. The 51-year-old Orsalia Gall hacked to death Saturday morning in her basement. Well, the guy in, in custody accused is David, but how do you say his last name? Bonola. And he's in jail. He's 44 years old, a handyman. What else do we know about him? Was he married, by the way? Do we know? Uh, something tells me he's single. And I, I can't get over this. The fake news. They keep on saying... They were involved in a two-year affair, an affair, right? An affair. And another person said they had a romance lasting two years. Then I saw a romantic affair on and off for two years. Well, I don't think it was too romantic. An affair just has all these kind of hoity-toity connotations. Let's face it, an affair. They were screwing in the basement, all right? That's not elegant. That's not, that's not the way it should be. I mean, I'm sure it was fun initially, but I don't know. Two years later, you're still hooking up in the basement. Well, it looks like they solved the case. And it's sad. Many lives. Many lives. Well, the family can come back from this. But two lives have been ruined. Of course, hers and and now his. And all that rage and all that ugliness. Uh, Robert is in Manhattan. Yes, sir. Yes, hi. I wanted to uh, talk about that kid up in Syracuse. <clears throat> the, I tell you, what was really upsetting to me about watching that video was not so much the kid's reaction, but the reaction of the community around him. I mean, to hear them saying, you know, what you're doing, questioning the police's every move. When I was young, well, here I go, I sound like an old man. <laughs> I had a friend, a Ukrainian friend, by the way, in my neighborhood who I, he must have been 12 or 13, he stole a ashtray, an ashtray from a, from a uh, hotel that they had stayed at in Chicago. And when they got home and his mother found out, she made him mail it back with an apology letter. I mean, times have changed. That boy last night, that could have been a great teaching uh, moment for him, a teachable moment. If you steal, this is what happened. Well, this was not the first time this kid uh, stole something. Uh, he was known to police. And uh, you're right about the guy on the street yelling his head off. Here he is, by the way. Is this helping the situation? Some bystander with the phone getting involved? Hasn't seen anything? Cut 31. Leave him alone. Calm down. You're making the situation worse, you know, and he doesn't know anything. I'm with you, man. That guy was terrible. The community should be fixing this and not complaining about racist cops. But you know what? I almost don't blame that guy because guess what? They've been told for two years by Joe Biden, by Lester Holt, uh, by anybody that uh, we're systemically racist and white supremacy is an existential threat to America. Right? 
Great, 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 great. Yeah. That's all we hear. All right. Robert, thank you very much. Thank you indeed. Yeah, that's uh, something else. And, hey, again, we we had a terror attack last week in New York City, in Brooklyn. Can you remember the name of the guy? Remember? The city was on edge. Seems like two years ago. It was last Tuesday that the end train was shot up in Brooklyn. Fourteen. Hey, why haven't we seen the people who were injured? Somebody told me this may have been an anti-Asian thing. I could believe that. We've seen a hell of a lot of that. Why aren't we hearing from the victims? I haven't heard much from the victims. Have you? I haven't heard a lick about BIE. You know what that stands for? Probably not. The FBI can't even acknowledge it anymore, even though they invented the abbreviation. Black Identity Extremism. Yeah. That white, when that white supremacy, systemic racist stuff goes over the top and folks get radicalized like Frank James obviously had been radicalized, things change. And it can pose a very real threat to you and me. And remember the other thing about, uh, wait, oh, I like this, by the way. The Buffalo Cops. Who remembers this in the summer of twenty? You know, we had protests all over the place in every city in the country, Black Lives Matter, and including Buffalo, New York. So in the heart of that, they're deploying cops and the cops are on the move. And some nut job walks up to uh, two officers and starts messing with their uniforms with some sort of metal. And he's waving it on their uniforms and he's saying crazy stuff to them. What do you do if you're a cop? Get the hell away from me. Push him away. What is he doing? What is that substance? What is that metal thing? Get the hell out of here. Obviously. you. Do you remember this? It was everywhere when it happened. Uh, cut 36. Does this ring a bell? The unblinking camera once again tonight is framing some of the very issues involving police that have sent tens of thousands onto the streets in protest. The video of a 75-year-old man forcefully shoved to the ground by a Buffalo police officer, the latest jarring image rocking the consciousness of a country in turmoil. Some officers tonight accused of going too far. The disturbing confrontation now seen by so many, the police officers shoving a 75-year-old demonstrator down to the concrete in Buffalo, New York. Wow. That's the lead news story. National news. Cops pushed a guy. They didn't shoot him. They didn't put him in a headlock. They didn't put him in a chokehold. They pushed the guy. Hey, I noticed that... I don't think David Muir or Lester Holt said anything about what the guy was doing. Did they say anything about what the guy was doing? Can I double check that one more time? I'm, I, I, I know the camera. I know Lester Holt, oh God, the unblinking eye of the camera has yet again revealed. Let's just see if they say anything about the guy who walks up, waves a weird sheet of metal on the uniforms of these cops. Two of them. Who are you? What the hell are you doing? Get the hell away from me. Again, listen for that. Let's listen. Go ahead. The unblinking camera once again tonight is framing some of the very issues involving police that have sent tens of thousands onto the streets in protest. The video of a 75-year-old man forcefully shoved to the ground by a Buffalo police officer. The latest jarring image. Stop. Forcefully shoved to the ground. They said nothing about what that guy did. Keep going. Uh, Shoot, we got to listen to the whole damn thing. 
Let me know when it gets to the next guy, okay? Ten seconds. Didn't say, how can you leave that out? How can you leave that out? All right, pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. Police officer, the latest jarring image rocking the consciousness of a country in turmoil. Some officers tonight accused of going too far. The disturbing confrontation now seen by so many, the police officer shoving a 75-year-old demonstrator down to the concrete in Buffalo, New York. <gasps> you know, I remember seeing it. I mean, maybe I've lived an interesting life or whatever, but it didn't shake my conscience. conscience. It didn't... Uh, I wasn't uh, frightened to the core. I saw a man get pushed to the sidewalk. Uh, excuse me, but I've been to Baghdad. All right? <laughs> uh, uh, I was there for the invasion of Iraq. Uh, I, 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 I quite frankly didn't blink an eye. I, I, didn't, I, I just didn't think anything of it. And I was right, of course. And you probably were, too, because this faded uh, away real quick. We were right. The fake news is wrong. This didn't become a cause celeb. It became a cause forgotten. But, of course, the cops had to, uh, well, they were in a heap of trouble. And they're suspended. They're on this. They're on death duty. All kinds of things. And then guess what? Official arbitration. And it came out very recently. And you know what they call that use of force? Pushing that, that guy to the ground? You know what phrase they use to describe it? Quote, absolutely necessary use of force, unquote. Absolutely necessary. Totally appropriate. Totally appropriate. What the hell are you supposed to do if you're a cop and some guy comes up messing with your uniform? Who knows what he's going to do next? Hey, by the way, they didn't shoot him. They didn't stun him. They pushed him back. And he fell. Does it matter, by the way, if he's 75 years old? How are they supposed to ascertain his age? Age 75, 55, who cares? We've had crim- Hey, by the way, didn't we have some guy in Brooklyn recently chop up a woman and he was 81 years old? As a matter of fact, we did. He just got out of jail. Let me look at that. There was an 81-year-old man who just chopped up a woman, allegedly, in Brooklyn, Let's see your transgender Brooklyn uh, dismember. Not a nice word, but what are you going to do? Elderly convicted killer arrested after dismembered body found in Brooklyn. March 10th, last month. Let's see here. Reading from Fox 5, my alma mater. An 83-year-old convicted killer has been charged in connection with a dismembered body found in Brooklyn last week. The NYPD confirmed that Harvey Marcelin, a transgender woman who has been convicted twice of killing women, is charged with the concealment of a body. They expect more charges to follow. On March 3rd, the torso of Susan Layden, 68, of Fort Greene, was found in a shopping cart at the corner of Pennsylvania Avenue and Atlantic Avenue in the Cypress Hills section. Police found the body in a large plastic bag inside a shopping cart. The woman's head, arms, and legs were missing. Police said they observed Marcelin entering her home at 50 Pennsylvania Avenue with the same shopping cart. Cops found blood splattered in shopping bags inside her apartment. Marcelin, who identifies as transgender, spent decades behind bars for killing two ex-girlfriends. She was on lifetime parole for manslaughter, according to 
New York State, a New York State database. She was allegedly caught on surveillance video dumping human remains. Her, uh, well, look, there's he, there you go, an 80-whatever-year-old uh, person. Uh, yeah, it happens. Anyway, these cops are off the hook, and that is a very good thing. But, boy, did they have fun piling on. Hey, the headline is really huge when you get in trouble. What about when you're exonerated? I mean really exonerated, not fake exonerated by the Central Park Five. How about it, Lester? Will there be breaking news tonight? How about it, David Muir? You silly pretty boy. Let me hear those let me hear those guys again. Listen to the 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 urgency, right? And listen to them fake describe the reaction from the country. The unblinking camera once again tonight is framing some of the very issues involving police that have sent tens of thousands onto the streets in protest. The video of a 75-year-old man forcefully shoved to the ground by a Buffalo police officer. The latest jarring image rocking the consciousness of a country in turmoil. Some officers tonight accused of going too far. The disturbing confrontation now seen by so many, the police officer shoving a 75-year-old demonstrator down to the concrete in Buffalo, New York. Hmm. Disturbing. Shocking the core of the country. What a bunch of fakers. Fake news extraordinaire. All right. It is time. I shall be back with a quick preview of the Newsmax show, which is really catching on. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. listening to the Greg Kelly show. Oh, we have the perp walk, the perp walk, the perpetrator walk. You know, when you're arrested and uh, well, most people don't know this, but uh, (laughs) y'all seen it on TV when the guy is being transferred, I guess, to Rikers Island or sometimes the court, you know, they're leaving the station house and they're taking the. So this is David Benola, 44 years old, the guy allegedly responsible for the death, killed that woman, they say. And it looks like they've got uh, confession and overwhelming evidence. So they lead him out and they put him in one of those white uh, kind of protective garments. It seems to be more about, I don't know, uh, why would they put him in that? I'm not sure, but because it was over other clothes. All right, can I see it? I heard he said some stuff. Go ahead. David, why'd you do it? David, what happened? Hey, Paso, David, why'd you do it? Look here, David. What happened, David? Hey, Paso, David. What happened, David? David. Look this way, David. What happened, David? Hey, All right, David's not talking. Que paso? What does that mean? That means what happened in Spanish. Que paso? Um, I heard he muttered curse words under his breath, but I couldn't hear anything. Isn't that kind of... I remember once as a reporter, I got to do that. You know, you yell at the person, why'd you do it? <laughs> why'd you do it, Margie? Why'd you do it, Bobby? It's kind of, it's 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 a pretty unfortunate situation, but it's kind of fun too. I hate to say it. I did it once in Binghamton. Somebody had been arrested for uh, I don't know stealing money from the school board or something like that. 
Why'd you do it, Bucky? <laughs> you get rid of the whole thing about, you know, uh, the presumption of innocence. You know what I mean? Why'd you do it? So, uh, all right. He's going to be spending a long time away, I think. Confession, blood evidence. Uh, what was he thinking, by the way? Why would he try to take that body down the block? Did he think no one would? Anyway, very clumsy move. All right, I'm almost done. i got to take the guys who have been on hold for the longest. And that means you, Joe, in Poughkeepsie. Hi, what's up? Hey, Greg, you and me have landed jets on boats. Oh, yeah? What did you land on? Uh the, the real old carrier in Pensacola with the uh, T-4. The helicopter one, right? Uh, well, it, it had a resting gear. <laughs> Wait, I, you broke up a little bit. You landed on the Lexington then? What did you land? Uh, the T-2 and the TA-4. Oh, wow. On what uh, on what ship? The Lexington it must have been, right? Yes, and the cat shot when you were with the A-4 uh, would like be a punch in the stomach. Uh, every time, but I I was at China Lake, out out of the Mojave Desert before I went to flight school. Well, that's very cool. What did you actually fly in the military after you were done with training? Uh, the A seven a little bit. Wow, A seven. What'd you do after you got out of the Navy? Uh, I was a drug and alcohol counselor, and now I work for the post office. That's pretty cool, man. Wow, you have landed on aircraft carriers. It's the kind of thing you can just kind of. Put it in your pocket, and nobody can ever take it away from you. You know what I mean? Well, I wanted to tell you, at China Lake, the guy down the hall was evaluating the F-18. Oh. And the F-18 wasn't meeting the standards, and the Admiral in D.C. was changing the figures. So the guy came out from D.C. and said the reason we're going to buy the F-18 is every state in the Union builds a part of this airplane. Oh, that's how they get Congress to support it. Yeah, it was the same with the space uh, program. They always do that. That's a little little bureaucratic political trickery they've been doing for a long time. Joe, I appreciate the call. As they say, thank you for your service, okay? Hey, Sonny, you. you bet, pal. Sonny is in Staten Island. Yes. Crazy. The tra- Traverse. The Traverse. The, the Chevy. Chevy. The Chevy Traverse. All right, hang up on Sonny. He doesn't know what he's, uh, he doesn't realize. Peter is on the phone in New Jersey. Peter. Hey, Craig. Hi. I'd like to speak about the... Black Lives Matter when it comes down to uh, bad neighborhoods and why the Reverend Al Sharpton doesn't show up when a black person is killed in a black neighborhood because there's no money in it. Yeah, I know. No money, no political power to be made. It's very frustrating. The guy is such a scammer. Peter, thank you. And you know what? I think he's in Michigan right now eulogizing the life of some guy he never met, that guy Patrick who was shot over the weekend Justified shooting, if you ask me. Uh, I got one time for one more, and it's going to be Mike in Tom's River. Yes. I just want to give you two compliments. Like the woman said, you you shine a bright light. I'd say it's incandescent. Hmm. And you also have the most agonbite of inwit of anyone on the radio. The most what? Agonbite of inwit. It's a Middle English term means being able to see yourself truly. I love it. Say it one more time. Maganbite of Inwood? Maganbite. Maganbite, meaning being able to look within. Maganbite. A-G-E-N, Maganbite. I love it. I learned something new. Hey, I got to go, Mike, and thank you. I'll see you on Newsmax tonight at uh, 7. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? 
the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.